0: Hi, I'm Todd Nadinson. And I'm Danny Roth. And it is a song versus song Halloween special. Halloween-ish special, I guess. Because I only came up with one Halloween song, which may kind of skew the results, I don't know. But this week, we are doing Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters versus Will Smith's Men in Black. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Woo! Woo! Uh, you know okay. you know let's not do
1: the build up like um let's let's just do the <laughs> ask right now. okay who are you gonna call will Smith <laughs> I don't so all right so here's a, here's my question to you are we talking best song for Halloween or are we talking best song? We're talking best song then it's men in black this is to me it's no contest My jaw just dropped. I had no idea you were going to go Men in Black. Oh, to me, this is – if it's just song versus song, period, not which is the one you're going to listen to on Halloween, which is the one that's best suited for the the movie that it's promoting. If it's just song versus song, to me, it's a no-brainer.
0: Okay, I can just throw out all my notes because I was I felt like I was going to have to really go to bat for Men in Black because, uh, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, going to get the short shrift. But uh, now that I know you have picked the wrong answer, I can go all in for Ghostbusters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> OK, I mean, look, there's the exciting thing is that there is actually a lot to talk about for both of these because they both have really interesting backstories, although in very different Yet similar ways. Yeah,
0: surprising. Like, you know, Will Smith and Ray Parker Jr. are on very different spots on the fame spectrum.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a reason for that, which is that, you know, Ray Parker Jr., although I'm sure if you were alive and listening to music at the time, you might have been somewhat familiar with him, was not a star in the way that Will Smith had been a star as a result of being the Fresh Prince and then being uh, a TV star for like six or seven years. And before then a music you even, star. Yeah. yeah. Before you even get to the movie stuff, he had already amassed all this popularity and was, you know, he's, you can see that Will Smith is, he's an actor who's also like, he has the ability to rap, Right. Mm -hmm. he's always there's always an element of performance to what he does ray parker jr is a guy that worked with a lot of really big artists and i think could have just been a really successful studio musician that kind of made his way upwards for a little while and then that was it you know ray parker jr
0: did have a few hits before ghostbusters and they're all right i went back and checked out the the ray parker jr slash Ray Dio, which was his uh, original band name, I guess, Ray Dio. Yes, Radio uh, with a w with a Y, because Ray. Yeah. And uh, you know, they're they're solid. That's you know, that's some good early eighties R and B, but um Ray Parker Jr. was not ever above
1: replacement level, you know? Like he was right. a replacement level R and B star. But if you if you look at his background, if you look at the people that he worked with, he's I think he's a musician's musician. Mm-hmm. And Will Smith is very much the opposite of that, you know, like I don't like you know, what I mean, like he's not the the rapper's rapper. No, he's not. And I don't I don't I hope that Will Smith, who I know listens to our podcast, I hope that he will not be insulted by that. It's not meant to be an insult to him because I don't think that was ever quite his aim. I think Will Smith is good at what he wants to be good at and he's competent and <laughs> uh, at being a rapper because he you know he just wanted to be a good actor that also had this other thing that he did on the side
0: yeah as a rapper his biggest skill is his charisma right not that his his rapping is bad by any means he's honestly i think he get doesn't deserve i mean he doesn't get the credit he deserves on that one but it's not like it's like wow look at the technical skill of the fresh prince It it was never
1: that no, whereas if you, know, if you sit down and you look at, at Ray Parker Jr.'s career as a studio musician and the places that he performed, I think that he has the sort of technical merit as an artist that Will Smith never sought out to achieve. Yeah. If that makes sense. Anyway, um, all right, so you feel that I'm wrong and that Ghostbusters is definitely the best one. Yeah, def- and let me say I love Men in Black so
0: much. I love that song so much. So the, you're, the wrong answer is not very wrong. But it is definitely wrong. Like, it the the correct answer is Ghostbusters.
1: All right, <laughs> will then make the case? Okay, you were alive when Ghostbusters came out, and I wasn't. But that's true. But you were- I wa- so I didn't see that movie in theaters, but I did um, when it when it when it made its way to home box office, which I think was relatively new at the time. My parents, I guess, it, had shelled out the money. I mean, this is or- so
0: so far back that you're actually calling it home box office. No one calls it that anymore. It's just right. HBO. But that's, you
1: know, it yeah. had like that that one with where you know. Anyway, the point is that my dad taped Ghostbusters um off of HBO. I think it was just like we'd had it for like a blip, and the, while they had HBO, it happened to air. My dad taped it, and so I watched Ghostbusters like on repeat. I just watched it over and over and over again from when I was about six till, you know, present day.
0: For me, um, I think I probably saw Men in Black first. and Wow. I, I've certainly seen Ghostbusters a like, whole bunch of times, but Men in Black came out uh, when I was 13. And I went and I saw that in theaters. And I think it's like the first movie I saw in theaters multiple times you know, I have to ask mom, mom for money so you can go see men in black a, a, another time. Like, and I love that movie very much, but I think I eventually caught ghostbusters like a couple of years after that on when, because they started showing it a lot on comedy central, but ghostbusters, the, the song was something I was familiar with since I was like five years old. Like I always knew that song because of the cartoon show. Sure. And that I watched that all the time. I, it, was kind of surprising to me to find out that there was like an actual live action movie with like actual actors in it. And I didn't. But I really loved that show. And even if I didn't, let's assume I've never watched this cartoon show at all. Ghostbusters is the best song in the world when you're five years old. It is just the absolute most wonderful thing you will ever, uh, you will ever sing. You know every word. You annoy your parents with it. It's just perfect when you're that age i mean you were actually uh, you know a child when that song came out true you you do you even remember it because that that feels like your baby's first pop song
1: yeah i mean it's definitely one of the first songs i could remember just because and and also because ghostbusters is probably one of the first movies i can remember you know it's weird all of my earliest movies are genre films right when i think back it's like ghostbusters et knowing you that is just the most shocking thing in the world
0: Keep like together, I man.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I do remember seeing the music video as a kid. I remember the neon everything. I remember like, you know, mm-hmm. Chevy Chase popping up and yelling Ghostbusters and John Candy popping up and yelling Ghostbusters. And I didn't you know even I I didn't, who those guys were. I didn't
0: watch the uh, music video until actually pretty recently. I was like, what? The, Chevy Chase? John
1: Candy? I, th- I think George Wendt is in there. George like, Wendt Whoa. is in there. I guess, I mean, I have a certain amount of nostalgia for it, but also... I mean, Elephant in the Room, Ghostbusters, is a movie that I grew up loving, that you, I guess at some point, grew to love, one assumes. You lo- you, yeah, oh, did yeah, you like? yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen Ghostbusters more times than I can count. But, you know, I think that it was maybe at a similar time that you and I started to discover that um, our friends who were uh, assigned women at birth <laughs> were not fans of this film – I can because think of it. Pete Vanekman is an asshole
0: to women. Ghostbusters is a bro classic. It's an extremely broy movie.
1: Yeah, and it and it's it's dumb because it should have been so uh, obvious to me that it was, and yet it mm-hmm. wasn't until I remember being at Lindsay's apartment and her and Nella both just really actively disliking this movie that I just assumed everybody liked.
0: I've met people who told me they didn't like Ghostbusters before, but like the first person that told me it, I don't remember who it was, but I, it just kind of like knocked me off my axis for like a couple of weeks. So I was like, someone doesn't like Ghostbusters.
1: But then it may, what? you know, but the thing is, once you think about it for, yeah. uh, for more than a couple of seconds, you go, Oh, right. Cause Peter Venkman <laughs> is in fact, awful, an yeah. awful asshole and very mean to women. Yeah. And then gets the girl anyway. <laughs> well, you in, know,
0: in, in 20 20- when the Ghostbusters remake came out and it's 2016 such, sure and then Ghostbusters became like a political football of all things Ghost fucking uh, busters. like exhausting and we all had to go do a deep dive into the politics of Ghostbusters and I mean there's yes yeah, that, that definitely was, took a shot took the shine off of it for a while I'm not sure it'll ever recover it but Yes,
1: it was the least fun thing because, you know, having somebody say I don't like Ghostbusters because I think that the guy who's the lead is a jerk to women in that movie and it just made it not fun for me is a thing that I heard and was like, oh, right, that makes sense. mm -hmm. But I didn't need to, you know, I personally did not need to inspect that to the degree that (laughs) then there was like a political movement about it and then an opposing movement about it, you know. An all-women Ghostbusters movie, I was like, okay. Like, yeah. I didn't feel one way or the other about it, and then it turned into the thing that it did, and you're right. Anyway, that is not about the songs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless we bring in the, the way that they, they did – the, there was a cover of, of uh, the Ray Parker Jr. Oh, song. Oh, I,
0: I think we can bring that up among the all the Ghostbusters themes and all the Men in Black themes, none of which are, the, are as good as the original.
1: Yes, I remember the song. Mm-hmm. So when I was a child – my dad used to play I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles on a 45 on a, on like a loop on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid, and so I got it in my head for a really long time that the Beatles were baby music, <laughs> ba- baby music for babies. And then one day when I was, I think, you know, probably 12 or 13 – my dad was like, you don't like the Beatles anymore? And I was like, I'm not a, I'm not a little kid anymore, Dad. <laughs> he, he was like, oh, you're a fucking grown-up, huh? And then he pulled out the White Album, and he put on Happiness as a warm gun, and yeah. my mind was, was blown. But I think that in that way, this song, this Ghostbusters song by Ray Parker Jr., has always kind of remained baby music for babies to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it like It just seems like a kid song. And so, like, it, it doesn't elevate the way that the Men in Black song, I think, is just all ages. Like, that's the difference. It's like kid music, all ages music. That's, that's sort of where the two lie in my mind. All right. Well, as far as Men in Black goes, like,
0: that would have come out when you were in high school. I was in middle school. I don't know. I, I can kind of see where you're going with this. Because when I was, you know, a s- stupid sixth grader, hip-hop was still, like, this scary thing I wasn't allowed to listen to. So like, but I was definitely allowed to see men in black. So this song was everywhere in 1997. And I was like, I'm entering a brave new world of adult music. I mean, (laughs) this, the, the hippity hop, it's the scary music, but like it was, but it was, you know, accessible enough that I could not listen to it. And I was like, this was like, no, I'm an adult. Now I'm listening to the hip hop. This is like the most suburban thing I could I, I've ever said in my life.
1: I mean, I I yes, I get it. Um, I think what's interesting about that. So, so, all right, I wanna I want to introduce a concept here, which is that I assume you picked these two songs because they're one of them is kind of Halloweeny, but they yeah. are if you're sitting down and thinking. What's a theme song to a movie where the movie title is in <laughs> the theme song, and it's a massive hit? These are the two.
0: Yeah, there's no other real songs like this that ever got big. Destiny's Child, Charlie's Angels song. They do mention Charlie's Angels. They do mention you know Cameron Diaz. Produced, and, produced by the same guys. Oh yeah, that's as, right. By by yeah.
1: and Tone, who also produced Men in Black. But, and we're gonna have to talk about them. But all right, so here's what I want to say about it. I think it's very interesting that Ray Parker Jr. did Ghostbusters. Eventually, Will Smith does Men in Black. However, Will Smith must have thought that this Ray Parker Jr. thing was a great idea immediately. Mm -hmm. And the reason I suspect that's true is because Men in Black is not the first time that Will Smith attempted to do this theme song thing. But his first attempt was rebuffed. So in 1988, um, he on he put out he put out a song called "A Nightmare on My Street." Oh, Are that's right, It's Freddie. That's our Halloween episode right there. So, but so well, I, that's why I'm including it so that we yeah. feel like we've really covered the bases. But so the thing about a nightmare on my street, first of all, it's a great fucking song. I actually think it's one of their best songs. If wow. you go back and listen to it, I actually really think it's a top tier tune. Really like the flow is good, the rhymes are good, like it's fun, um, the sample is great, like Jeff does a great job on the track. But they wanted that to be a part of a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four. Like they had written it for Dreammaster.
0: That would not have fit the tone of Nightmare on Elm Street 4. <laughs> no.
1: I don't know what they were thinking that they ever <laughs> thought that this was gonna be legit. But they had really pitched for it. They wanted it to be a thing, and you can tell because low-key, um, this thing, this song. They do reference things from the the movies, the previous movies, and you know what's amazing about it? And this is where I start to get very protective of Will Smith. Mm -hmm. The movie that he references the most is the second one, Freddy's Revenge. The gay one, yeah. The gay one. And, you know, Will Smith in the modern day takes a lot of heat because him and Jada have, you know, this sort of, like, open secret that they have an open marriage. And, like, there are rumors Mm -hmm. about Will Will Smith's sexuality and stuff. Mm -hmm. And every time I hear about that, I get really heated because – People will go, well, you hear this about this, but like this and that about like, did you hear this about Will? You hear this about Jada? And everything that I hear is very sensible. (laughs) They're still in love. They've got a family. They're partners for life, but they have interests outside of the marriage. And I always think that sounds normal. That sounds so normal. (laughs) Why are we making a big thing about this? Oh, this
0: was a huge thing. This just this year.
1: Right. It was this huge thing. Like anyway, but. All the way back yep. then, I thought it was like looking back to it, I thought it was so interesting that Will Smith was referencing the gay Freddy movie. <laughs> and it made me love him even more um, because I think that Freddy's Revenge is really outstanding. It's 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 maybe it's it's in the top three, at least, of that franchise. But he really wanted it to be in there and he wanted it to be a part of Nightmare Part 4. They got rebuffed. They'd made a music video for it which they were not allowed to release it was supposed to be destroyed but i guess either will or jeff kept it in their back pocket and Mm -hmm. in 2018 jeff uploaded it so it's available you can see the music video for a nightmare on my street i didn't i didn't realize that was like a forbidden thing it was (laughs) for a really long time um and for a while it was one of these things that people would deny that it even existed oh wow But then, you know, like images from, I guess, you know, the set had started to show up. And so eventually it just kind of came out. But uh, I thought, oh, that's really interesting in the context that Mm -hmm. clearly Will Smith saw this thing that Ray Parker Jr. and was like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, he's he's already had a big hit theme song that, of course, being the theme to his TV show, which is probably the best thing the Fresh Prince ever made.
1: I just put it just barely above summertime. I think it's interesting that that's what he's good at because, (laughs) because yes, the Fresh Prince theme song is great. Um, I would say a nightmare on Elm Street is great. Men in Black is great. And then of course there is the best of them all. The one that we're not going to talk about much, except for maybe right here, which is wild, wild West. Wild, wild West is Will Smith's best song, period. End of story. That song is tremendous. I,
0: would assume that you are trolling if I hadn't read the comments and saw that same sentiment echoed many, many
1: times. Yes, by other intelligent people.
0: (laughs) I did not know everyone was going to bat for Wild Wild West. This is really amazing to me.
1: That song absolutely rules. Wow, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. That song is great. It's just fun to to sing along to. Um, it's got, you know again like you've got like there's some Stevie Wonder in there, like Cisco's involved in that. Ah, it's just like it's just great all around. I you know maybe I my memories
0: are burnt from being 15 and at you know being so big a Men in Black fan, watching that movie, and being disappointed, and then that that was the point where Will Smith stopped being cool. Like, just that movie and that... I don't remember people liking the theme song at the time. Um, no, I loved it then. <laughs> I, bought, I bought the single on tape. No, I was all about, you know, Just the Two of Us and Big Willie Style and getting jiggy with it. And, of, of course, right. Men in Black, but...
1: W- well, we've like, got to talk was, about... Let's talk about the elephant in the room, then. Because you said Will Smith being cool. Well, prior to Men in Black, Will Smith in the rap game was well, yeah. not cool.
0: Yeah, he was focusing on his acting career. I don't know. He was he had kind of fallen off already. Like, you know, the first time he stopped being cool in the early '90s was when he was like trying to shed his family friendly image with hip hop. He had one hit I remember pretty well called "Boom what? Shake the boom, Room." Boom,
1: shake the room. Yeah, and it's Where a, he was trying to do
0: like that fast
1: snow rapping.
0: That was the glory age of onomatopoeic rap. You know,
1: slam.
0: yeah it wasn't i remember that it wasn't his deal and uh he just kind of sat out for a while and then i remember this was the start of the puffy era and the start of like really really blatant heavy sampling and there's like this was will smith was like this is my time this is absolutely my time so he jumps in to make his own ghostbusters with men in black even before i was comparing songs for a living i was like This is exactly like Ghostbusters. It's got the theme song like Ghostbusters. It's very funny like Ghostbusters. It's got the same tone as Ghostbusters. Same wild, crazy special effects as Ghostbusters. Like this is, you know, we we brought Ghostbusters back. Yay. I really loved Men in Black at the time, but I think Ghostbusters has to win out for me because it is just so much catchier. Yeah, it's, oh, you make it It's a- definitely
1: repetitious.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it is the earworm to end all earworms. So it's, like, it's like top 10 catchiest songs I've ever written. It's just like hooks for days and days. We had a, a copy of 80s theme songs. We had it was uh, Against All Odds from Against All Odds by Phil Collins from the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Heat Is On, St. Elmo's Fire. And I wore that CD to death because it started off with ghostbusters. I don't know how to explain this because it's so self-evident to me. Who doesn't love Ghostbusters a song even if you hate the movie?
1: It's fine <laughs> if it's if it's Halloween time.
0: Mhm. Well, it's a it's
1: holo- a Halloween song like you know what I mean and listen to it with the monster mash.
0: Yeah, that's I think Men in Black may be at a disadvantage because it doesn't have like a special time of year where you can bring it back.
1: Yeah, it's too bad that, that he hadn't created a really great song for Independence Day. So <laughs> we could like be playing every 4th play. of July. <laughs> By the way, this is definitely the time to shout out to the rap critic uh for for his Orc cop. <laughs> <laughs> definitely look up Orc cop, the the fake Will Smith song for what was it, Bright? Yes. That is truly I think one of the greatest things I have ever one of the great parodies of all time um for my money and that's that's darren jackson the rap critic that's a must listen
0: all right well let me ask you this which is the better 80s song i want a new drug by huey lewis or forget me nots by patrice russian
1: um i mean they're kind of apples and oranges though aren't they (laughs) yeah i guess they that's yeah this is the thing is that i can't really answer this question okay that's not fair they're both good they're both good in their own right like i loved huey lewis in the news when i was a kid and that is why I grew up to be a serial killer. <laughs> M- maybe. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, I definitely It's I... this. Which one uses?
0: Okay. I was about to say sample, but like.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> 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 in case you don't know, Ghostbusters, they, you know, the people who made Ghostbusters came to Ray Parker Jr. And was like, hey, write us a theme song. We need to go here, here, and here in the movie. And what they had in the movie already was Huey Lewis and the news's I Want a New Drug. And that was their, you know, their scratch track, I guess. And it was like, put something here. And what Ray Parker Jr. came up with was Ghostbusters. And it resembled I Want a New Drug quite a bit. It has kind of the same chords, the same instrumentation and so on. And he got sued a lot. And then there was like a non-disclosure thing and Huey Lewis was talking about it on behind the music. So then Ray Parker sued him back. Yep. The Ghostbusters story, the, the, the rights to Ghostbusters is a fraught thing, both musically and I guess movie wise too.
1: Yeah. I mean, in the end, it's like I said, it's, it's clear to me that what happened was, you know, cause if you listen to radio, the band, mm-hmm. you could hear on certain tracks that Ray Parker jr is influenced by the artists that he's worked with in the past or people that he likes. And Mm -hmm. so he creates things that are tonally similar, that are of a style. And I think that he looked at this concept, right? And I, the the story that he gave from the start about the Ghostbusters song was it's that it's very hard to (laughs) rhyme anything with Ghostbusters. Yeah. They were adamant. Some might say impossible. (laughs) They, the, the producers were adamant that the song
0: had to use the word Ghostbusters in the title. And that, That kind of hamstrings you.
1: Right. So his idea was there's a there's a point in the movie where the Ghostbusters are doing an advertisement like a commercial. So what if I made it like a jingle? And so what I think he did was I think he took I want a new drug and said, what if I was going to make that like a like a commercial jingle? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, it's certainly catchy like a commercial jingle.
1: I think in his head he thought that he changed it enough. And he mm-hmm. was incorrect. This is all supposition on my part based on the information that's available.
0: Well, like, let me say I enjoy Ghostbusters six billion times more than I than I want a new
1: drug. It's not even I don't even know if it's in my top five favorite Huey Lewis and news songs, to be honest.
0: No, it's a very stupid song. I, I think Huey Lewis said he wrote it in 10 minutes and sounds right to me. That absolutely sounds right to me. What Ray Parker Jr. does was he added the, the, that uh, keyboard riff and uh, the keyboards were from uh, these two guys who had a band called Q Feel. They had like one techno hit early, not techno, new wavy hit early in the 80s and I think it's actually pretty good. Check them out. Q Feel and whatever their one song was. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But that riff <singing> you will remember that for the rest of your life. That's an amazing riff versus, I don't know, can't think of any parts from I Want a New Drug.
1: I think that's right.
0: Patrice Russian's Forget-Me-Nots is a great song. Great early 80s R&B song. I may
1: like Men in Black a tiny bit more. I I mean, look, the thing about Men in Black is that it is a song that is the movie as a song. (laughs) And it's perfect it's incredible see my noisy cricket get wicked on you i mean it's just yeah i mean you know coming from a place where my favorite joke in that whole movie is a music joke which which i thought you don't oh the so when they're in the the tunnel and uh and um tommy lee jones is complaining about like how they're changing the format of music again to these little (laughs) things he goes i have to buy the white album again (laughs) i just like that he said white album (laughs) I don't Which, know why that it made me laugh so hard and it makes me laugh every time I watch it.
0: You know, I really can't imagine Agent J being into the White Album. I mean, Agent K being into the White Album like that. doesn't. Oh,
1: I I can. Makes total sense to me. No, he. Played, you, gotta, you, have, you have to stop thinking about the 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 sequels. Just think about the one movie <laughs> during the, the
0: chase scene later. He's playing Elvis in his uh, in his oh, tape right. deck. And I was like, yeah, Agent K is m- much more an Elvis person than a Beatles person.
1: I could see him being into both. But anyway, um, so I really liked that joke. And yes, and I like the Elvis bit later on. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think I got the scenes mixed up. I think the Elvis scene is when they're in the tunnel. But the, anyway, the point is, yeah. um, I thought, well, nothing could be better than that. And then there was this song that is just the the plot, the gist of Men in Black, <laughs> but done as a rap. I don't know how to explain the degree to which that should not work. <laughs> It should. There's no way. If you had said to me before Will Smith had done it that the Fresh Prince, you know, Mm -hmm. the Bel Air guy, you know how he did his theme song to the the, the Bel Air show? He's going to do that, but for Men in Black, for this science fiction thing. I would have said, uh, Lightning's not going to strike twice for that guy. (laughs) Sorry. There's, There's just no way. There's absolutely no chance. I would have been wrong but I would never have trusted that that could have happened twice by the same guy.
0: Well, this, the song lives off of that baseline from the original song, but I will say this Coco, who is the singer of the, on the uh, men in black version. I, I think I actually like her singing better than Patrice Russians. Patrice, you know, very clipped, very controlled. And, but Coco is just wailing on it in every scene. Coco is played by an alien in the, in the music video.
1: Do you, do you know the story behind that? No, I do not. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, like Coco uh, uh, of SWV, um, I like SWV. Um, I, like them, I, I think.
0: get weak in the knees. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's a great that's a that's a great song. Um, and I like them in general. But um, so what happened was we talked about this earlier. Will Smith was not popular in the rap world at the time. Yeah. Uh, he had, yes, he had, he had not really been doing it for a little while. And the track masters who were the guys that you were talking about before, mm-hmm. um, they were brought on and basically they agreed to do the track because there was a lot of money in it. The studio said that they were going to really support the track and get it out there. And they thought this is an opportunity to make some money. They talked to Will Smith, you know, everyone was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And Will Smith was basically like, look, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Just mold me, Mm -hmm. and I'll go wherever you want me to go. And they were like, "Great, we have complete control. No problem." So Coco agrees to do the track, but also has heard about and considers Will Smith to be quote whack, um, (laughs) and refuses, absolutely refuses to be in this music video. They, I guess, they wanted her to appear, but she straight up wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So they they brought they probably would in the alien thing out. Either way, but um, they had. In- there was an interview at Complex with um, with Tone, and Polk said, I'm going to quote this. This is amazing. Homegirl from SWV didn't even want to be in the video. She was like, Will Smith, fuck out of here. She <laughs> sang the record, but she was like, I'm not doing this video. That was the worst mistake of her life. <laughs> I, uh, I mean... <laughs> I I mean once again I assume Coco is a listener. I'm not trying to, to bag on you in a weak time in your life if if you're going through rough times, <laughs> but it was not a smart decision.
0: No, well, yeah. So her voice was coming out of the alien that gets blown away in the first scene of well, Men in Black. Oh, oh. While while we're talking about that particular part, which uh, which song has the better dance? I tell you, the Ghostbusters one is a lot easier. I can
1: tell you that much. It is, but you know, but the Men in Black dance, it's like. In the song, like they tell you what to do. Yeah. Like that's a really to me, that's a really classic dance song where, you know, where you get on the dance floor and they're like, just bounce with me, just bounce. You, with, you know, like they literally tell Lemme you see, just take just, a walk with me.
0: That's fun. Men in Black is a that. fun dance song. And I, you know, I what I say, you know, it's obviously not the right answer. I love Men in Black deep, deep, deep down in my heart.
1: It is a great movie. This song is incredible. It is not as great as Wild Wild West. <laughs> But it is better than Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ray Parker Jr. took a song that already existed and I guess added that did it, did it, did it and did something that felt like a jingle and it was very repetitive. Will Smith's Men in Black had like the lyrics are just he had the same job, right, to make a thing called Men in Black. Mm-hmm. And he made a song that is the movie as a song. Completely, in a way that I just don't think Ray Parker Jr. did. Well, because it's still a great song, but it's literally it's Men in Black. If Men in Black was a song, yeah,
0: but like Ghostbusters, the song is part of the movie. It's in universe in the movie. Like if I know, like in the sequel, they straight up sing the song when they're performing at the at the birthday party. Birthday, (laughs) yeah. Yeah.
1: But like Mm -hmm. these things don't. Get past for me the fact that if you're just going in about song versus song, mm-hmm. I just feel like Men in Black's got more work in it and has a better y- yield, a better result. There's just more to it. That's just more substantive. Can as I song. Uh,
0: can I admit something? You I may. always thought, here come the Men in Black. They won't let you remember is kind of a weak lyric. It's kind of a weak hook. It's it felt kind of shoehorned in there, like Baby's First Weird owl attempt at parodying the. uh, the first song. It, it but kind that's, of literally, yeah. that's, that's yeah. literally
1: what it is. The wanted to you remember. Mm.
0: Hypnotizer. Ah, neuralizer. See? <laughs> I, you know, I, I think I love these songs because neither of them have any right to exist. Like they there shouldn't, like you saying, there shouldn't be a Ghostbusters song. There shouldn't be a Men in Black song. It is just wonderful that either of these songs exist. But let me tell you, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. Which of the sequels had the better song of any of them? Men in Black 2's. Run DMC's Ghostbusters. Bobby Brown's On My Own. Fallout Boy's cover of Ghostbusters with Missy Elliott.
1: So I. (laughs) You asked this question and I hate that the answer is Bobby Brown. For me. I love that track and always have. And I hate that I like a Bobby Brown song because he's such a piece of shit. He's not a great human being. No, he's not. But I fucking love that song. So there it is. You know, I
0: think of the um, options we have and, you know, we also Pitbull's Back in Time from 3 and Will's own Nod Your Head, The Black Suits Coming from 2.
1: A lot of people like that one. Why? I do not personally connect with it, but I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. Take a drink. That's my new one. I think that's the new one that I say every episode now. Okay. Well, uh, your yum
0: fucking sucks. If that's (laughs) (laughs) you're the worst. Do people like that song? Like, because for me that was like the first sign that like maybe this sequel is not going
1: to be good. Oh no, there were many signs before that for me. I yeah, I never thought that that Men in Black. That's listen. We're not. This is not movie versus movie. But I think it is safe to say that. Other than The Matrix, and it may even rival it, Men in Black had the most potential wasted in, like, the history of cinema. That first movie is so good, and the second and third and fourth are <sighs> awful, awful. Like, I, And Men in Black International especially is is maybe one of the worst films I've ever – it's just so bland and so uninteresting and so – you know, we're—I know—we're trying to get away from cringe, but boy, it is that as a movie. Oh, I
0: wish I wish it was cringe,
1: like. Oh, I found it very cringy. It was um, that the little alien guy. Oh, Kumail and Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's Kum, that's Kumail's the old- guy. Character was very very cringy, and I don't blame Kumail. I just think the the writing was bad, and you know that movie famously had different people coming in, different actors reps coming in to bring in writers to change the script. Thank goodness that did not happen with the Men in Black theme song. (laughs) That was a tight group of producers coming in, doing a job, Will Smith listening to them, and then them being enormously successful. So successful that then Big Willie Style came out, and Men in Black was still a fucking hit. Yeah. As Getting Jiggy Wit was coming out. Like, they were competing
0: with themselves. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah, well, I think we can agree that Bobby Brown's On My Own is the superior sequel song at the very least? Um, Fallout Fall Boy are not a good cover band. I like Fallout Boy, but they suck at covers. Their cover of Beat It is also garbage. So, you know, they ruined Beat It and they ruined Ghostbusters. So they ruined the songs of my childhood, basically.
1: <laughs> and uh, I mean, wait, wait, was it them that did the. I thought, well, well I guess think? it was them because there was also Walk the Moon that did a Ghostbusters song too, right? And Walk the Moon is okay, but I didn't, there was really I, nothing on that, that 2000, there's nothing about that 2016 Ghostbusters movie really for me.
0: I don't, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it.
1: Um, no, I just, it was, I watched that movie and I remember having a podcast wherein I was required to talk about it and it had been so heavily politicized and I thought, God damn it, I don't want to talk about this because all I thought was, eh, yeah. fine. I, I'm not a Paul Fogg fan, honestly. I don't. I'm kinda of glad he doesn't get to do movies anymore. But I have movies of his that I Anyway, we've gotten we've gone so far <laughs> afield. Anyway, but, uh, um, well what, do you want to talk about anything more before we do the, the three questions?
0: I want to say that Nodja Head sucks. I, I was just reading about this. Like apparently Will Smith wanted Wes Borland to play guitar in the in the song and video for Nadja Head. And again, He got turned down because Will Smith was whack.
1: Man. Said West Portland. I don't, you know, Will Smith is very, very rich. He doesn't really need me to defend him. And yet, because of the, the type of flack he gets, I cannot help but want to protect him. He is my sweet, maybe a little bit gay boy. I like I just see I see myself in him. I wish that I was as rich as him. And yet I also want to protect him. I feel Um, I
0: feel bad for Ray Parker that we put him up against international icon Will Smith. I want to say Ray Parker, Ray Parker Jr. Hit his most of his stuff was in the early 80s when people were not, uh, you know, the powers that be were putting uh, all, all black music on hold. And it didn't really recover till you know Thriller and 1999. So he yep. he broke at the wrong time.
1: He and did. He could have been a lot bigger. And I would say go back and listen to to Radio. I actually really like Jack and Joe. I think you ch- you yeah. can't change that. Is pretty solid. Um, there's a couple yeah. of tracks. I like that he's the got. I
0: like the other woman. His big other big hit was uh, a woman needs love just like you do. There's a lot of cheating songs on his uh in his <laughs> oeuvre. <laughs>
1: It's true. But yeah, I mean, I think radio is pretty solid. Um, That's a a decent band that's got some good tracks. Um, And yeah, especially Jack and Jill. Um, If you like Stevie Wonder, you're going (laughs) to like that track. Um, All right. So let's do three questions because we've now talked for 45 minutes nearly. Oh, wow. Um, I feel like we haven't
0: talked enough about
1: it. Okay, we're we're moving on. We're moving on. Okay. Three questions. Um, Go ahead. All right. Question number one. One and only one of these songs can remain in the memory of humankind and the other will be lost forever. Which is the one that must persist? My childhood would not be the same without Ghostbusters, the song like that's
0: that's the long and short of it for me. Like either of these songs, they're not like they don't exactly have humongous legacies in the culture, except that they are part of these movies that everyone loves. Um, I guess Ghostbusters is where I'm going with this. And, you know, it, it's something you need every Halloween. Men in Black, like, I perform that at karaoke and everyone looks at me like I'm crazy. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're doing this versus Ghostbusters. You can reliably put, put that on every Halloween and everyone loves it. So I, I we we only have so many Halloween songs.
1: I, I'm going to well, go with Ghostbusters. Well, there's, there's – well, you know, you say that, hmm, hmm. See, I was about to agree with you, and then you said we have so many Hall- we ha- we have only so many Halloween songs. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing about that, Todd, and, and one person who likes to give negative reviews of me will hate when I say this. You're wrong! <laughs> There's a lot of songs that people don't realize are great Halloween songs, a lot of great horror movie music mm-hmm. that uh, I could talk about for a very long time, but one on this podcast, perhaps in a tweet. And Ghostbusters is great, But there's a lot of other great songs that I listen to around Halloween times that are, like I said, from horror movies that are fun. Like Friday the 13th has multiple songs. Alice Cooper's Man in the Mask. Oh, yeah. And the man behind the mask.
0: Anyway. Iron Maiden's Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. (sighs) There's a lot of good shit, man. Um, But there, there are not so many pop songs. I guess. Uh,
1: I guess I just don't I mean, I mean, know what to say and then, about and,
0: no, and certainly none with the stature of Ghostbusters. I mean, you can't throw on the Dickies as killer clowns. And but if there's like, no in men in,
1: but if there's no men in black, what happens? Because then there's no Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West, Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider. No, you don't want not a not a this six gun in this brother running this Buffalo soldier. Look, it's like I told you any damsel that's in. Sorry. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, I, I don't know about Wild Wild West, but certainly we wouldn't
0: have the Big Willie style singles. And those are very important to me. My 1998 <sighs> would have been entirely different.
1: It's really man. I think I'm going to actually say that we need men in black more. I'm splitting on you. <laughs> I think there's plenty of great Halloween tunes, even pop song ones. I, will live, I, will, I would still like Ghostbusters, the movie, without the song. But uh, Men in Black, man, that's critical. It's critical to the journey, the cultural journey that we've all taken since then. Okay. My opinion. I, <laughs> I love right. being wrong on this podcast. <laughs> what, all right. Um, what, what's the second question again? Soup to nuts. You can watch the, the entire process of a song being created. This is a great question for both of these. You can only be a fly on the wall for one, which is the one that you have got to see its creation from beginning to end.
0: I want to be there when Ray Parker Jr. looks at his keyboard and decides, you know what? I'm just going to write rewrite I Want a New Drug. Because I'm sure that's what he said. And then I would have verifiable proof, and I could get that to Huey Lewis. He can cut me in on the profits. yes.
1: You selfish <laughs> shit. You just want to ruin this. It's been many years since he ripped off that song. <laughs> many years since he broke the, the law of music, music law. You know, that's f um, a, 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 a,
0: I'm, I'm sure he still makes a ton of money off of it because I saw a quote from him. It was like, do you ever get sick of Ghostbusters? And he's like, do I ever get sick of winning the lottery? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I respect that. <laughs> yeah we well, see. Well, but if you found that information out and then it yeah. was able to be used in a court of law, then he would retroactively have lost the lottery in the worst way possible. Yeah. Well, he would have to give it all back.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think he'd have to give it all back. I mean, he, I'm sure he gave a substantial amount in the settlement already, but.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't it be worse like it'd be like the 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 Friday the 13th situation wherein there's, you know, statute that penalties like for yeah, like that now makes it so that retroactively if they, you know, make any more movies then they have to go back and pay the other guy every like <laughs> the percentage retroactively throughout history like they have to get in a time machine. He got and th- give him every I'll give him all this money. I just don't want that to happen cuz we f- have this we have this important power, Todd. This responsibility. He he
0: had a good 35 years of of royalties already out of this. He's 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 good. God damn it! All right. I am curious. Like I can't imagine like Will Smith's process as an artist. I can't really um, even imagine in my head. So I guess I'd like to see at least. And you know, Will Smith doesn't hide the fact that he uses outside writers sometimes. Maybe all the time. I don't know. I don't know how many uh,
1: of his own hits he's written. I like, so I, the thing about him is that he really, he works like it's a nine to five is how my, is my understanding that he goes in at a time and then he records for X amount of time and then he goes, yeah, man, I need lunch. <laughs> and then he takes everybody out for the most lavish lunch and then he comes back and works. And then like when it's, when, you know, like when the, when the, the Flintstones like Boo, he yabba dabba <laughs> the fuck out of there. Um so I guess that's kind of boring. Well yeah, um, I, I'd let him buy me lunch. But Yeah, but that would be cool. See like just that, like a like a lunch with Will Smith. Is that part of the deal? Cuz then maybe that just seems cool. Like then I could like cuz you know they said when when they first took the meeting with with Will Smith, he was in like all this really tight clothing. He had like a choker on his neck like yeah. I want to know. I want to know these details. This is the information that I I want to know more about will smith because i have all this this thought process in my mind i have this instinct that that he and i are are of a kind and uh and i you're I'm just like, like oh. will
0: smith danny like
1: that's right <laughs> we're, we're just ba- ha, ha 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 um <laughs> woo, woo. Uh, but yeah i i do kind of want to know that so yeah you, all right we're just disagreeing you are, across you are the board. by far the
0: jiggiest man i know so you thank, are thank
1: you thank you thank you thank you for stating the truth all right. all right, so third question, the, the most important question in the history of, of all human creation. William Shatner, a uh, le- legend um, possessed by Ernest Borgnine in The Devil's Reign, uh, starship <laughs> captain. That's right. That's a pull. I love, I, yep, listen, man, I've got a million of them. But he's, he's, he's a singer of a kind. We could have him do a Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. For the sake of all of us, Which of these songs must be shat upon? I'm not sure he could do Men in Black.
0: That thing moves Mm. way too fast for him. But if we did Ghostbusters,
1: would it really be that different from the original version? Oh, man. Are you suggesting that the correct option is to watch William William Shatner fail? (laughs) Because if that's what you're saying, I'm all in. Speaking of The Devil's Reign... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like and watching shatter fail oh my gosh yes watching him uh pitifully attempt and and completely fall on his face trying to be one of the men in black here's what i want i want will smith to come back and for him to be the alien <laughs> and go like, uh-huh. yeah
0: you know you like know what that. i would like to see is uh tommy lee jones do his own version of men in black He's a man in black. He should be he, have his own theme song.
1: He should. He do what do you do, like a Johnny Cash version. Um, oh, yeah. He would probably do man in black by Johnny Cash. Like, there you go. I'm glad that we could we could start that. OK, well, here's what I would say. William Shatner, Ghostbusters, if it's the regular music video, except every time it's going to be Chevy Chase or somebody else doing the Ghostbusters thing, it's William Shatner dressed up like whoever that is. <laughs> Like William Shatner as Chevy Chase, William Shatner as George Wendt, <laughs> William Shatner as John Candy. Can he be? Um, can he
0: be Ray Parker Junior. and pop out at the bottom of the bed? Oh like, yeah!
1: <laughs> all right. See now, if we if we bring the music video into it, and he's just playing everything, it's it's yeah. a one man show, William Shatner style. Um, An invisible man. Then all of a sudden, sleeping
0: in your bed. Who are you going to call? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. On this, I think it's got to. It's got to be. It's got to be Ghostbusters. I'm glad we could really talk this one through. Sometimes you got to think in your mouth. Let me tell you something. Busting
0: makes me feel good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. An invisible man (laughs) sleeping in your bed. What was that? Well, he does that on Tambourine Man. Ah, okay. Do you remember where he goes in the Jingle Jangle morning? I'll come following you. I'll never forget that. That <laughs> as long as I live. That's like one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's hear what let's hear what the listeners had to say because I know that they will be smarter than the both of us combined very easily. Yeah. Ian Stolmeyer
0: writes mm-hmm. one, I choose men in black because it doesn't have the line Bustin makes me feel good. Two, <laughs> I actually choose third-party Adam's Family Groove because it doesn't have the line, Bustin makes me feel good.
1: I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really talked about um, the the phrase, Bustin, Bustin makes me feel good. It does, it, and I don't know it, what else to say about it. I, it seems in the, in, the, in the modern era, it sounds like a thing that Jeffrey Toobin would say and then get <laughs> fired from the New Yorker.
0: Zing. Oh, that doing joke the- is
1: dead that joke is, is dead on arrival
0: yeah don't do not dare cut that paw but
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is great i look forward to more people hating me because i made a dumb terrible joke i'm sorry everybody
0: and, and if anyone watches this and like listens to this in the future they're gonna have no idea what you're talking about
1: yeah but- yeah all right rudy giuliani there you go. I got that, both sides. I got them both, both ways. Okay. <laughs> Buston makes both those men feel good. Put them in jail. All right. Spectral Time writes, in one of these cases, Men in Black,
0: I literally remember parts of the film's score better than the song. In the other case, Ghost, in the other case, Ghostbusters, I can't remember the score because the song gets in the way. To be, be fair, Men in Black does have a pretty good score. Hmm.
1: Well, here's my, wait. Although, that, what was that? What was that user's name? Spectral Time. Spectral time. Well, that yeah. seems like a person that's going to be against getting busted because <laughs> they're clearly <laughs> a ghost. You can't trust that. No, 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 no. That put that that comment goes away. I'm sorry. That's clearly biased. Right, was 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 Men in Black a Danny Elfman
0: joint? Because I feel like it was in my head.
1: Oh, I think it is. I think it's. Him. I mean, uh, Men
0: in Black is kind of a rip off Tim Burton movie on its own.
1: It's very Tim I, Burton-y like it's a, also well. It's, it's opening is actually also a very Adams family. I always thought. Um, yeah.
0: Also both by the same people, uh, Adams family and men in black by Barry Sonnenfeld. Yep. Himself like our best rip off Tim Burton, or at least for that decade at the very least. Ashley Del Sesto writes, I worked at a Ghostbusters fan event and I listened to the theme for the whole eight hours. My boat goes for men in black. <laughs> <laughs>
1: See that if you if you've been listening to it since 1984, it does wear on you a little bit. Um, By the way, yes, it was Danny Elfman on Men in Black. All right, Stephen the
0: Lesser writes. Let's see. Do I vote for the shadowy government organization without oversight and accountability, or the unregulated capitalist venture that refuses to follow the rules? I, I feel like if you don't like Ghostbusters because they're assholes, you also kind of have to dislike Men in Black because they're assholes. They do some pretty dark shit in those movies.
1: My understanding is that the listenership doesn't like when we get political. So uh, so that was uh, so the, that's not the political. That's it.
0: That's sin style poking holes in mo- movie premises, <laughs> which is something everyone loves. So there
1: you go. That, there, there you go. Everybody loves it. Anyway, what else have we got? Thank okay. you for your comment.
0: Okay. Jeremy Hannah writes,
1: I told my girlfriend that I think
0: men in black is a better song than ghostbusters. And she has now been telling me I'm wrong for the past day. We need some groceries. By the way, you're wrong about ghostbusters. Just want to remind you that you're dumb and ghostbusters is better than men in black. Hey, what time do you need to get off work? Cause I need you to realize that ghostbusters is better than men
1: in black. Is this what marriage will be like? Um, if it is, I can recommend a therapist. <laughs> It was very helpful for my wife and I. Um, no. When when she tells I, you,
0: yeah, I, I remember you were complaining all the time about she's always telling you that uh,
1: Ghostbusters is better than Men in Black. I'm glad you two have worked it out. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I Yes, now you've outed me. <laughs> that that was my secret name. Last one, Benjamin Hayden writes. Todd, I love you, but I'm
0: shaking my head at matching any rap song against any non-rap song. When you know what your listeners are like.
1: Wait, what are our listeners like? Do they not like rap?
0: I think that- I think he's. Imp- I think that's what he's saying. Yes. Uh, well, uh,
1: let me just remind you that that um, if our if if that is true, and I actually don't think it. I remember at a time. I remember that there was a time when I thought that. Um, and I feel that our listenership has has proven me wrong time and again, which I'm very grateful for. Also, Men in Black is like only barely rap. Like, yeah, I was gonna say it's 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 Will Smith, right? Like, yeah, if that's if, not if, if, that's if, not really it. That's not if the if the implication is our listenership is not black enough, they it's Will Smith, guys. They it, <laughs> it does not count. Yeah, like no, if again, like no offense to Will, but like you know he was he was he was pitching to everybody. He wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't speaking for, 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 for the young black youth. He wasn't spitting uh, the truth to the young black <laughs> youth. You know what I mean? Anyway. Oh, you're, a, you're a rapper. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's me. Blew all up. right. All right. Who do you think won? I know who won. I know it's Ghostbusters. By how much? Let's uh, hear it. No, how, well, how much do you think? By a lot. I think it's probably, uh, I would say at the very least, it's a 70-30 split. Okay.
0: With a total... Of 449 to 204, that's a 63 to 37 percent, 63 percent to 37 percent. It came, it saw, they kicked its ass. It is in fact Ghostbusters.
1: I mean, it actually could have been worse. So yeah, am I'm, I'm, I'm relieved that it wasn't that bad. I knew who was going to win from from the word go.
0: I mean, it was like, like a tiny bit of an embarrassment, but not like as like we thought. But I think Will Smith is still going to come up and show with his little neutralizer and be like, sorry you can't remember this (laughs) (laughs) won't let you remember (laughs) clap clap okay so that's that's pretty solid i feel like that's pretty a good win a good win i mean i already told you what our next episode is going to be so this is the one you demanded and
1: by you i mean danny not you the listener but oh but i think there will be people who will be very excited about this i wasn't sure we were doing this next do i get to say what it is then Uh, Go ahead. All right. So the next episode is going to be one for the indie darlings. Mm -hmm. It is uh, Neutral Milk Hotels in the Aeroplane Over the Sea versus Magnetic Fields' Book of Love.
0: Two giant songs from the late 90s. That's going to be interesting. I'm curious if you guys have ever heard of these songs. If not, check them out. They're very good. But we'll see. We'll see how much Neutral Milk Hotel and Magnetic Fields content
1: People have an appetite for. I'm very curious about this. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a very different episode. I don't think we've done s- two songs quite like this. No, we and are. Anything that's been close to that, it's been a while. So I'm no, our, really excited. Our, our, our closest thing to that was Take Me Out versus Float On. And those were gigantic smash hits. This is this is great. I I am truly excited. This is this is song versus song doing a little being a little experimental. So I hope that you all enjoy us going a little off the beaten path, because yep. if you like this, it means that we can kind of venture a little bit further and further as we go and, and kind of take songs that are not always huge, huge hits. We'll see what the response is for this one. But I'm
0: curious because, uh, you know.
1: There's so much more in the world. There is. These songs are really great and I think that yeah, they, they open the not because it doesn't like when I say that I don't mean and now more white guys with acoustic guitars. <laughs> oh wow. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think that there's there's gonna be room to do all different genres if if this is successful. So Once we put out the poll, please share it all around because I would like to kind of get the the ball rolling on doing stuff that's a little bit off the beaten path going forward.
0: All right. Well, uh, thank you very much. You know where to find us on Spotify, on Apple Music, not on Google Music anymore because that doesn't exist. But also. Right. (laughs) And you can support us on Patreon and uh, toss us a dollar. You can get our bonus episode and toss us $20, which I realize is a lot, but if you do that, you can decide what people vote on for the bonus episode. We'll get to put in one suggestion, and people will vote on all the suggestions, and they'll decide what we vote on, what we uh, record for our bonus episode. This month, and we're running out of time, we got to get to this, we are doing
1: School of Rock, because that's what you voted on. Yeah, that's going to be really exciting. I saw somebody Nervously say, I hope that you will speak as well of School of Rock as you did of Rocky Horror Picture Show. I will not speak for Todd. However, Mm. I will be saying a lot of glowing things about School of Rock because I fucking love that movie. I've seen that movie quite a bit and I have thoughts. Great. I can't um, wait. to talk to, I cannot wait to talk about it. Um, all right. And very quickly, I saw somebody on Twitter mention this. And, and, and you know, if you're listening to the episodes as they come out, um, I know people don't like me talking about politics. This is not me telling you what to do. However, somebody mentioned that when they were standing in line for a long time, they listened to song versus song while they were waiting to vote. So if you are a person that is inclined to vote, not telling you how to vote, if you need something to do because the wait at this point is very long, you might – listen to episodes of song versus song it might be the thing that calms you while you're dealing with the stress of voting um and if that, is a thing that might help you in then I hope do that <laughs> the stress yep. of living in 2020 also yeah i mean yes that's why i'm not trying to to be specific about it but yeah i mean yeah. i hope that this that this podcast can kind of calm your nerves as you're dealing with things and that apparently it helps somebody while they're waiting to vote so You know, by all means, Um, I hope that it's a thing that might be able to help you in that regard if you're going to vote this year.
0: Hooray! See you later. Bye. (laughs)